podcast commentary on 1970s Space Amoeba. We have a very healthy obsession with Kaiju here. I am your co-host, Kent, and with me is your other co-host. Jason, what's going on, peeps? We got another special guest for another return. Here he is, hiding behind you, my chair. You can only see half the body there. I know, Lincoln. <laughs> can you come up here, say hello to everybody? Hiya! <laughs> so this is his first time seeing this movie. This is my umpteenth time. Um, this is a very... Um, I don't want to say it's a guilty pleasure for me because that would imply that I think the movie has some, that the movie's kind of bad in, in a way. Um, it's definitely not the greatest Kaiju movie, nor is it the best Honda movie. <clears throat> yeah. Ever. But um, it is definitely a film that I think has, that deserves more appreciation than what it should. Um, and I just happened to realize this, and this wasn't done by design. This is by pure coincidence. Um, this year marks the 50th anniversary of this movie. Yeah. I didn't realize that either until I saw a little post of yours online here before, uh, Long getting everything set up. Zilla 590. <laughs> Thanks for stopping in. <laughs> Welcome. So, um, this is a special movie to me, and it's not like one of my most favorite kaiju movies, but I do think it is a pretty special film. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a lot of charm to it. There's a lot of heart. Um, one of the... Okay, well, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> there's... I think this movie is um, very... It's very entertaining, and on top of that, I think it's um, it, there's just a uniqueness about it that I think a lot of fans, uh, unfortunately, sort of miss um, a lot of times. And um, I, I just, it, I guess, it's sort of hard for me to explain unless you actually watch it, and especially if you watch it numerous times. Because when I originally saw this film, gosh, when was this DVD brought out here? Uh, the DVD was brought out uh, 2006, so like 13 years ago. Um, when I first saw it, I was kind of meh about it. Um, I didn't think too highly of it. Uh, I thought it was a halfway decent monster flick. Um, uh, also, you haven't shown up in a hot minute, Ben. So, hey, life happens, bud. We've been kind of decreasing some of our output here because our lives are getting busy, too. So no problems, no worries. We're just happy to have you join us whenever you can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, this is a this is a film that really I think a, you need to watch multiple times to really be able to um, appreciate it. So um, I'm sorry, my daughter's crying in the background. I'm having a hard time concentrating a bit here. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Can you hear her, Jason? Uh, I can't really hear much. If it is, it's okay. sort of muffled. <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> Uh, so if anybody hears that, I apologize. But um, anyway, this is a movie I feel like I could talk forever about. Um, it's just a fantastic film. And in many ways, um, this particular Kaiju movie, go wash your hands. Uh, sorry. Um, this is a Kaiju movie. And it, when it comes to Honda being the director, he repeats a lot of the same beats over and over again. Um, and he does that quite a bit with space. Amoeba. anybody who has seen uh, not just 
maybe most if not all of Honda's oeuvre, but has seen it multiple times, paid careful attention to kind of how he how he structures a lot of his kaiju films. You will notice a lot of the same things happen uh, in, in a similar order in this particular film. So in a way, you could kind of say it's quote, Honda's uh, greatest hiss, hits, unquote, uh, in terms of kind of the at least the structure of the kaiju film. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things about this particular movie, I got to make sure I get the guy's name right. Uh, the, the screenplay for this movie was written by Aogawa, and he had never written a monster movie script for Honda before, so this movie is definitely different. Please close the door. Um, you know, there's no Shinichi Sekizawa or anybody who uh, has worked within the kaiju franchise or even godzilla franchise up to this point in time and so um this was new and it probably explains on some level why this film's a bit different from what um from what we're maybe used to seeing even though it definitely has a lot of honda signatures uh it is different in some ways and so uh, Jason, I've already kind of talked about how much I really uh, enjoy this film. I think it deserves more appreciation. Um, I've owned the DVD since it came out over 13 years ago. Kind of what's your history with it and kind of what, um, you know, are you, uh, you know, thinking? Um, for for me, it's it's a pretty vague, I have a pretty vague memory of it because in actuality i've only seen it maybe once or twice and most of it has been watching through the uh, the dvd that you currently have and i've i've never owned the uh the dvd of space amoeba and um i think uh i don't know i just haven't really thought about getting the dvd of space amoeba i think the last time i've seen it was maybe maybe close to i would say half a decade or close to to a full decade of uh seeing the movie but um and since i don't physically own it but thankfully uh with the help of me having the amazon prime membership they actually have uh the movie available for fr- uh for free so i can actually watch it anytime as I please, even without having a physical copy, but uh, I'm sort of like uh, Kent in a way that I would at least like to have a a physical copy of the movie itself, but um, I can, as as far as my hit, like my history with it, as I stated earlier, maybe seen it once or twice, I can vaguely remember parts of scenes here and there especially with some scenes with uh ganymedes uh here and there i think with both of his eyes getting shot out <laughs> at uh, one point in the movie and uh i'd probably say maybe just a little bit of yog which is the the, the giant squid <laughs> Um, I'm not sure what the specific species it is, and then uh, can vaguely remember. Um, oh, what's what's that other creature? I just I just had the name of it, and I know it's in Amoebus. Uh, um, Amoebus, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Amoebas. Was that was that the crab one? I think Ganymedes was the the turtle. Ganymedes one. is the crab. Gazora is the cuttlefish. Gazora, yeah. snapping turtle. Amoebas, yeah, yeah. Because I know Gazora is also named Yog in some instances, but um, yeah, for me, it's sort of a vague history when it comes to this movie. But hopefully, um. I would like to try to watch the movie more and to see if I can get uh, a feel of it, whether I like it a lot or sort of in the middle or just don't really care much for it. Because after many years of watching it, it's like, I don't know what my what my feelings were towards the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really I remember very clearly kind of around um, 2013, uh, more specifically, I, I don't know why, but this was a movie I sort of binged watch quite a bit over that year, um, because I remember specifically several nights like when my wife was either working late or maybe gone on some conference trips Um I would um, <laughs> pop this in and um, I get in these weird quirks like Destroy All Monsters. I talked about this before with that movie. It's not my favorite uh, Godzilla movie. In fact, I think it's an overrated Godzilla film, but it's a film that I will occasionally binge watch. There's just something about it um, that, uh, you know, I do appreciate about it. And Space Amoeba is one of those uh, films where uh, I think unlike Destroy All Monsters, this film needs to be, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, I think should be appreciated more. Um, thank you, Brian, for uh, bringing that up. I, I, for, I knew I forgot something when I started this um, feed. And that is for anybody who's not aware uh, this movie in English, when it was originally released here in the States many years ago, was called Yogg, Monster from Space. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure if the alien's name is Yogg. That just might be something um, uh, American distributors name. Yeah, I think I think the the Yogg could be the alien because I think it you know pretty much uh, manipulates all these natural creatures right. in order to make them big. I don't know the the entire story or history since it's been a long time since watching this well, film. And the thing is too, and like I said, I've had this movie for over 13 years. I have never watched the Japanese version, and I should because maybe yeah. on the Japanese cut it might give a name to that. I have never known for the actual amoeba alien to have a name. Um that doesn't mean there isn't one. I just have never seen it uh, mentioned anywhere because again, this is such a, an oddity, even within the Kaiju uh, fan with just within the Kaiju universe as well, at least here in the States, because um, it, it's such an oddball film. It's a film that wasn't, you know, head over heels uh, received well. Um, you know, by by kaiju fans, it's not. It wasn't like a destroy all monsters or anything like that, or even a Godzilla film for that matter. Um, but the thing is, is that there's just not a whole lot of 
information written in English uh, about this film. It's hard enough to try to find um, reliable sources written in English about the Godzilla series, mm-hmm. uh, let alone anything that's even more oddball, uh, like something like Space Amoeba. So, um, okay, so Yogg is the alien, Kazora is the cuttlefish, Ganymede is the crab. Okay, yeah. okay. okay, good. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, yeah, the funny thing was that when I heard about this film years ago, I thought Yogg was this cuttlefish. That's that's what <laughs> I thought too, because they always had the picture of Gizora smack dab on that poster or the DVD set or whichever, and they always call it Yogg Space Monster whatever it was. Yogg the Monster from Space. Yeah. Why don't we actually get the movie going here? Mm-hmm. Um Actually, we've been at this for a little bit here. So um, I've got everything set up here. And Um, uh, before we actually do, I just want to keep reminding myself that uh, before we actually start or do the actual podcast, too, uh, if you haven't done so uh, by subscribing to our YouTube channel, make sure to hit the subscribe button down below and clicking the uh, notification uh, bell icon to get more or latest updates or live notifications. And then as well as uh, liking and subscribing us to other uh, social networks that you can see there on the screen, just search for Daikaiju Network, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitch, Twitter, whichever there. And then we also have our website, daikaijinetwork.com there. And then, of course, we're on these following podcasts and streaming networks, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, iHeart, Spotify, and TuneIn. And then, of course, like I uh, said, uh, for streaming networks, YouTube, Twitch, DLive, and Periscope. So... With that, I think I'm basically ready whenever you are. All right. So going through the regular motions here, we count down. We go three, two, one, go. One thing before we start. Quick question. Are you guys going to G-Fest? We'd love to see you there. Yes, we do plan on attending G-Fest this year. We do. I know. I so. was actually this close of possibly not going, but since with it being our 10 years this year, I decided to why not Simply because one of the other reasons besides uh, this being our 10th year is that I've also I've also made the reservation in my name for the hotel room. So and there wasn't any way to switch it over to Kent's name there. So. So, yeah, I'll be going. I think this will probably be my last time in for the next one or two years. I want to mm-hmm. sort of take a break after this. <laughs> But so, yeah, yeah, we do intend on going. So yes, mm-hmm. we'll be more than happy to visit with you. We've been wanting to try to uh, meet up with people. Um, so yeah, uh, going through the motions here, we go three, two, one, go. When I say go, we hit play on uh, your Blu-ray player, DVD player, or now in this case, Amazon Prime subscription. And then that's how we go. Well, I so, know I'm, I'm already on the screen just before the Toho logo pops up here. <laughs> All right. Uh, We haven't actually been going for 10 years. We've been doing 10 years of podcasting. Uh, This year will be our ninth year of actually going to the convention. Yep. So, um, yeah, I wish it was 10 years. We should get a medal. (laughs) Like, you should get, like, you know, Boy Scout badges or something like that, you know, for – 
you know, when you hit certain milestones for going to G Fest, but that'd be pretty sweet. But all right, oh, well. you ready? <laughs> all right. I want again when I go three, two, one, go at go, we hit play. You ready, Jason? Sure, I'm ready. All right, three, two, one, go. All right. Going as in podcast wise, uh, you know, we've been entertaining the idea really, gosh, I think since what, 2013. Um, the thing is, is that oddly enough, we just aren't well known, uh, even though we've been around podcasting for 10 years. Um Part of it is us. We haven't spent as much time in terms of um, really pushing our stuff and doing research and trying to figure out ways of really getting ourselves um, out there more. Um, So part of it is us. And and a lot of it, though, too, is we haven't invested in enough money um, to really push more like of our own advertisements and shows and stuff like that, because that can add up in terms of expenses very quickly um another thing is is that especially in the last five years uh, our lives personally have become really busy i've had kids jason's work uh, has been getting uh, busier at times so um, again being able to just kind of sit down and and really develop content in the way um uh like Kyle Young does with Kaiju Cast. We just unfortunately don't have um, the the finances and the time to do it. And the great thing for Kyle, though, too, for himself, is that he lives on the West Coast. Um, it's easier for him to get to places like California and the like, where um, some of the people, because uh, I think he used to work for, if I remember correctly, I think it was Sci-Fi Japan or something like that. Years and ago. I know he used to do the, uh, was it the Shrine of Gamera site many years ago? Yeah, he used to do the Shrine of Gamera site and he used to work with uh, people like August Ragoni and Bob Johnson on a regular basis. So he has connections. But then too, like if he wants to go to Japan, it's easier for him to go. We're based in the Midwest and um, – um, well, it's just not that easy for us. And plus, it would be a lot more expensive for us to do something like that if we wanted to go there and, let's say, shoot some content, maybe try to get interviews. And like I was saying just a moment ago, um, Kyle has more contacts than we do with people to um, to, to kind of set up meetings and to just figure out ways uh, uh, of meeting people. And part of it, though, too, is he just will sometimes go to a convention and ask people. But again, uh, having those contacts and having had them for years, that certainly helps. Yeah. Uh, and for us, the only thing uh, easy access for us is uh, G Fest every year, which which is only once a year sort of thing but as far as having access to to japan at least here where i'm based uh in the twin cities that they do have space amoeba a um a way to get to japan directly from the airport here um and i've thought about but as of right now i'm just saving up for a few other things and uh, probably won't get to Japan maybe in about a couple or so years. But I would like to try to do some video 
little video documentaries or whichever for the channel uh, down the road. Oh, by the way, you didn't turn off our cameras. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it should be right on our uh, little uh, image I uh, graphic there. I guess I wasn't paying attention. Okay. <laughs> I was looking at you. I'm like, I can see you. I thought it was supposed to show up on my end. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, uh, for saying that you, you find us great to watch. We appreciate that. Yeah. I, we just, you know, I mean, granted we could, if we really wanted to, like, you know, let's say we go back to G Fest in 2021. Something Jason and I could do would be like almost immediately after we come back from this year's G Fest to start planning out um, a panel. And then we would have basically a year to get it set up. Technically, with that amount of time, we could probably put something together. Um, it would just be a matter of what the s subject that we were wanting to do. Since yeah, I know a lot, a lot of the panels are probably going to do quite a bit of subjects here and there that could possibly uh, overlap with what we were planning on doing. So it's just going to be like this, what certain topic we want to actually target that hasn't been tried before. Right. And then on top of that, too, um, we would like to figure out how to record our audio or something like that to use it as like a podcast or something, too. I, when by the way, back. welcome back, Godzilla Productions TV. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, Hayden? Great. We're having a crowd now. This is like the first time in a long while that's happened. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we just um, – we could, we just choose not to. Part of it is because I'm very self-conscious. I, when I get in front of large crowds, I get very bashful or shy. Uh, and I'm very, and I'm kind of like, I don't want to screw up, but it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Plus I trying to maybe get a, another one or two people at least to come on with us might be a little difficult. Um, it, I mean, there are several reasons, and part of it is just that <laughs> we, we just don't want that pressure, I guess, on us, at least right now, anyways. I know uh, we've at least talked about doing some kind of panel in the past. We've we talked just, about it from yeah. time to time, uh, but, you know, obviously we haven't uh, actually done it. But getting to the movie here... Here we are. Uh, Akira Kubo plays a journalist, and uh, he just saw the the space capsule that had recently shot off, and it came back to space. And he's trying to convince people that Helio Seven, the capsule name. Uh, how long has this been going? You might have missed some of it. Uh, we're only. Let me take a look at this timestamp here. I would say just a few minutes in. Yeah, we didn't start that long ago. We're like as of right now hitting seven minutes into the into the um seven minutes into the movie you'd be good for publicity as long as as it's not the sort of bad publicity kind <laughs> yeah <laughs> Anybody who is familiar with kind of Suchia 
and what he has done, uh, not just within the kaiju genre, but in a lot of the Toho sci-fi films as well. He loves to play the alien characters and it's kind of the oddball guys sometimes. And he originally was going to play the character of Obata, who ends up being possessed by Yogg. Uh, you know, about roughly halfway through the film. But Suchia, uh, with Honda's blessing, uh, asked if Kenji Sahara could actually play that role. And so instead of Suchia playing the alien slash oddball guy in this movie, uh, it's Kenji Sahara. And Kenji Sahara does a pretty darn good job of it, too. Why are yellow letters on TV? All right, we'll be, we'll be right here, Hayden. We're not going anywhere. And then you got the uh, the egg guy from Mothra vs. Godzilla. I always forget that guy's name. I can. I got it here. Just give me a second here. The the only thing I'm disappointed right now is that uh, Amazon Prime's not let me have the <laughs> subtitles turn on for some strange reason. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like I go into closed caption settings and then have it turn on and then it goes on. But then when I close it, it never turns on. And then when I go back, it is back off. (laughs) I'm going to double check here. I think I found the guy's name, but I want to double check and make sure um, I put a face to the name. Okay. Yes, I was right. Yu Fujiki is that guy's name. Yep. Yep. Yeah, prom- yeah, he's playing as the promotion division manager. He doesn't have an actual uh name for his character, which is okay because he only shows up what in like one or two scenes. Uh n- no, Kenji Sahara was not the brain uh, was not the brainwashed character in Destroyer Monsters. That was Yoshio Tsuchiya. Kenji Sahara was the commander on the moon base in that movie. Oh, and that guy. I, I know that face, but I can never remember the name. I don't know if it's... Uh, you know what that is? Saito that is or... Cuttlefish. Or Omae? Uh, it's Chotaro Togen. Okay, yeah. The unfortunate thing about this movie, and I would argue the most disappointing thing about it, is, you know, those posters like you were talking about earlier. They always show Gazora and it always seemed like he was battling the the other two uh, monsters. Yeah. Um, that never happens in this movie. In fact, he doesn't fight any of those other monsters. Yeah, it's only Kamibas and Ganymedes, if I remember. Yeah. Look at the chief, Ombo 
Tell me if he looks familiar. I know who it is, but I just want to see if you know. Well, they got to show his face here. Right here. For me. So does he look familiar to you? <sighs> Something's telling me yes. Can you name at least one movie? You'll be in and out every now and then since you're at work. Well, have your coworkers come and join you. <laughs> the more the merrier. I would I would have to say that he was in Godzilla Raids again as uh, oh uh, is it Yoshi? His the actor's name is Tetsu Nakamura. He does a lot of bit parts in Honda films, but I'll name you at least one film that I'm sure you will automatically remember his face. You remember the Manster? Yeah. He was the mad scientist. Okay. It took me 13 years to figure that out. <laughs> But of course, I could have looked it up. I just never did. <laughs> the actor played the mad scientist in a different movie. Yeah, Kenji Sahara here. He sort of looks like his same gangster character from uh, Mothra vs. Godzilla. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so great about Sahara. Like last night, my son and I um, work, uh, pretty much work alone in an office in a warehouse most of the time. Well, lucky you, one of my favorite jobs was when I worked alone. <laughs> <laughs> like last night, uh, my son and I, we watched the movie Rodan and he plays so wonderful as not just like the hero, but this uh, very kind of uh, quiet character. And then he does so well too when uh, he gets amnesia as well i mean this guy is very versatile in his acting he's not typecast and there's nothing wrong necessarily with being typecast but the unfortunate thing about that is you can't show your versatility as often but yeah. with Ara, he's been able to do that from time to time and he does a wonderful job of not just playing heroes and different versions of those heroes but even playing some of these sleazy guys as well mm-hmm I mean, he's pretty. He's pretty good at doing that, and even oh, wow! Uh, what's face? Uh, Yo Yoshi or Tetsuya? The actor. Very awkward moment, unfortunately. Unfortunately, this is also one of the downsides to the movie. Certain um, moments are brought up, such as this, which is a callback to World War II. And nothing really ever becomes of it. Other than the fact that the war still, its impact still lingers even. Gosh, at this point, it would have been, what, 25 years later, I think. When was right? this movie? When was this movie? Uh, 1970. So about close to, th I would say, it'd be twenty five years. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> I 
like that. He just runs off. Why? Just Going back to his village. I've got both the um, dub and the subtitles on, and yeah, there there are points like when Kubo put up that umbrella there, where the dialogue and the actual subtitles. Uh, really don't match. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Brian. I w- I would argue that um, Sahara's role in Rodan definitely is one of his more memorable ones, and I think part of that is because that movie shows some of his versatility as an actor. And even though, interestingly enough, like he kind of disappears for decent chunks of that movie especially in the second half after he comes out of his amnesia state um because by that point rodan has shown up and then they focused more on the military but um he does really stand out in that movie well i would also say another movie i fondly remember him in is uh mysterians and also obviously mothra versus godzilla as uh torahata I want to talk about the the um, score in this movie. It's done by Akiri Fukube. And again, similar to the movie itself, uh, I think the score to this film is underrated. I believe, if I remember correctly, two, three years ago when we did one of our year-end episodes, I listened to a bunch of kaiju scores. And if I remember, this may have been one of them. And... um, but nevertheless, I find the music in this movie uh, to be really good and entertaining. There are shades of uh, other kaiju movies and more specifically, um, uh, you know, Godzilla, other Godzilla films throughout this movie with some of the themes such as the natives uh, chant. It's very reminiscent of King Kong versus Godzilla. Um and uh, there are just a couple others that I think even sort of, especially the start of this movie, when the rocket launches, it reminds me of uh, the music during the moment in which they're trying to destroy the transceiver in the moon from the Keylocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, too, there's a lot of new original music here. And... I, as much as I love Akiri Fukube, I've always said one of my sort of one of my not gripes, but kind of one of the unfortunate things I found with uh, Ifukube is that at least when it comes to the kaiju films, he doesn't show a whole lot of versatility most of the time. And there, of course, have been exceptions to this. Mm-hmm. But 
I feel like this is one of those movies, even though it's not a Godzilla movie, it is a kaiju film. And it, it really shows some of his versatility here, even though, yes, some of the pieces, uh, like I said, are reminiscent of previous uh, pieces of music he's written before for other films. By and large, it's wholly original, and it is something that uh, it, it just shows his versatility. And I really enjoy the music that he produces here. Yeah, at, it it seems like he doesn't really want to go outside the box a lot of times when it comes to the music that he produces, because. Uh, majority of it throughout the years of when he composed uh, the kaiju, like these kaiju films, is that they almost sound similar to one another, even if it's not a Godzilla film. Yeah, like when, a couple of weeks ago when we did Daimajin, we talked about yeah. how the music in that, especially when the movie got started, how you know if you had even seen a couple of godzilla movies you would quickly realize that the person who had scored some of the godzilla films scored daimajin yeah but then i would say with exception to this film and then i would say the last uh, few so years uh in his life when he scored uh godzilla first mega godzilla 2 that i would say at least some of the a couple of the films I mentioned were probably where he at least gone outside the box. Well, and then I would even argue a film like Battle in Outer Space um, shows some of that versatility as well. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Brian. Um, Masaru Sato, and I'm very happy to hear because I listen to a few other Godzilla podcasts from time to time. Uh, a lot of other people um, uh, also believe that Sato is is a better composer, uh, at least in being able to kind of go outside his comfort zone, at least. And uh, I agree, too. I think Sato is great. One of his scores, at least his Godzilla scores, that I think sadly doesn't get as much attention and praise as it should, uh, because part of it is due to the film not being all that popular with fans, is his Godzilla Raids Again score. Um, If you either have the CD or you watch the Japanese version of that film, the score is incredible. It's, it's amazing. Uh, unfortunately, the American version of that film has so much stock music from other American monster and science fiction films of the time that very little, if any of his music was preserved for the American cut of that film. And, um, you know, it's too bad that they, they cut out some great music there. And Godzilla I would say favorite soundtrack. That's one of my favorites too. I, I haven't, uh, um, I, I, I don't know if it's my most favorite, but it's definitely up there for me. I really love, it, especially the main theme of that film. I know my all time favorite Godzilla soundtrack would come from the return of Godzilla by Reijiro Kuroku. Which that is a good I just, one. Too. I just I just love the dark tones. That's another good to one. That score. So here's Gazora the Cuttlefish. Um, very unique. I love the fact that we get some unique kaiju here. Basically, they're 
mutated versions of real life creatures. The unfortunate thing about Gazora in this film, however, is well, look at him. I mean, you can easily tell that it's a two-piece suit, and it's a, a darn shame they couldn't figure out um, that they couldn't figure out better ways of trying to put that um, suit together. Because there's one scene, in fact, I think it's coming up here in the next moment, where he falls down into the water and the top piece of the suit just about completely comes off. Um, I think that sort of specific memory is starting to come back to me after many years of not watching this film. Because I think I can sort of remember that part. Because just by looking at it in that full shot there of Gazora, it's like you can definitely tell that it's not a one-piece suit. It's unfortunate because when they make Gazora walk, I mean, it's very obvious what they're doing. But at the same time, they do a very good job of disguising how this creature walks. They have one of the most inventive and unique ways of making a creature like that walk without making it too obvious. But then the sad thing is, it's very obvious that it's a two-piece and it looks kind of like garbage on some level. And by the way, I don't know if you mentioned this, and if nobody doesn't know, it's Haru Nakajima that's playing Gizora. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, and we'll see him in a little while, you have, you know, really a, not a great suit in Gizora, but then you have, in my opinion, one of the better executed Showa era suits and Ganymedes later in this film. Yeah. So and and uh, Nakajima also plays as Ganymedes. Kamibus is an okay suit. It's better than Gizora. Yeah. But Ganymedes, just kind of how they make that work. There's just something more unique about that one. I just like the cross-eyedness. <laughs> I wonder if the guy ended up needing to get glasses after this shoot. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of beautiful map paintings in this film so far that's like the fifth or sixth one uh that i've seen so far in this movie um like this if you look pretty hard right here a couple moments it's very obvious in a few moments but it took me many viewings to realize where some of these matte paintings were well i just showed one right there of the tracks of gizora coming from mm -hmm. the ocean well and there was one where they were looking at I think the peak or something in that entire shot was one giant matte painting. All right. Sounds good, Brian. But yeah, and I think they also had the one matte painting where they had the, uh, the cruise ship in the background there. Yeah, I think so. An industrial spy, another uh, another trademark of many of Honda's 
filmed. But just from that uh, shot right there with him going through that hut, you can definitely tell that it's in a studio just from the feels of it. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up because it brought, you brought up something again. I wanted to bring up earlier and I had forgotten it's too, and I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but it's very obvious that this is the truth, but um, this movie didn't have a great budget attached to it. And and part of it, again, was because the Japanese movie uh, business and, and a lot of the theaters were struggling again due to television uh, at about this time. And, yeah. you know, even the Godzilla movies from a budget standpoint were suffering uh, by this point as well. And I've always wondered, you know, if they were given a healthier budget, like most of the films, let's say from mid late fifties on up into the mid sixties had gotten, what would the final result uh, have looked like? And I just can't help but to think that this movie, I think in the eyes of many Godzilla fans, or at least in general Kaiju fans, they probably would appreciate it more. And I still think even as is, here's some great, um, composite shots with miniatures and i think oh nope i'm wrong nope that's not, nope that's an actual shoot <laughs> and, and i forgot uh what you've written down here Godzilla productions tv uh as far as that you really want to see this movie if you have a amazon prime membership you can actually watch this uh movie on prime video for free like i am right now <laughs> And also, uh, Rico's fiance is played by Yukiko Kobayashi. She played Kubo's girlfriend in Destroy All Monsters. But why would they have to do that? What did he say? He said, Die, Friends of the Devil. So, um, Lincoln, you have never seen this movie so far. Uh, we're, we're a ways into it. What do you think of the movie so far? Family good first. Family good for What does that even mean? <laughs> it means that you love it. Okay, that's good. Okay. I need subtitles for my son. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't get Prime. Yeah, it's it's pricey. It's a little over a hundred bucks, if I remember correctly. Heck, I maybe think it's, I think it's 120 a year. Yeah. It used to have been $99 almost close to a decade ago. You know, and last I knew, and I don't know if it's true now, I guess I could even look. I noticed um, it was being sold on Amazon for 30 bucks. I don't know what you're willing to spend. Um, let me take a look here. If I can spell properly. <laughs> yeah, thirty dollars. So I don't know what you're willing to spend on a movie like this. So it's, so um, is that new or used? I'm probably guessing new. It's new. Uh, it's Amazon's actually delivering it. Mm. It says free delivery. I got Prime. Um, let's see. It's sold by Cinemascape, but the order is fulfilled by Amazon. 
So it's technically being sold from a third party, but Amazon is actually responsible for shipping it. I wonder if I could uh, get a same day delivery, depending upon if what warehouse is selling that. Because I know here in Twin Cities, we can get same day delivery from Amazon. For me right now, living in mid Michigan, and of course I have, but if I were to buy it, I could get it um, by Monday if I were to order it in the next like. 16 and a half hours. Let me see for me here. <laughs> Only 13 left in stock or soon. What happened to that one guy? Yeah, it's a two day shipping for me, so it looks like. Twin Cities Warehouse doesn't have it. That's still not bad. (laughs) I'm trying to remember times in which when I didn't have Prime, like five days, it's like, I used to think that was spectacular and I've been spoiled the last few years with two days, sometimes one day shipping. Same for me and even not paying for the shipping part. Hulk. What about it? Well. No. You're here to watch a movie. Again, budget limitations here. It's, you know, very obvious they're in a water tank. Um, I know previous films like Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, you could tell that they were in a tank. Uh, but this one seems more obvious in that film, unfortunately. Yeah. It's easy to tell. And again, I think some of this film's shortcomings um, really should be forgiven by a lot of fans because there are fans out there who like some of the Godzilla films that, from a technical standpoint, are... um, are not that good and i don't understand and i mean sure there might be something in dealing with the kaiju like the kaiju here don't necessarily uh, express some of the same personality traits that you would get from other kaiju movies and even at this point tv shows but still i don't think that's what should um hurt the film given the fact that when you take a look at the fact it is a space amoeba that is um controlling these creatures you have some money to spend, so you might just get it. There you go. It's. I think it's worth um, adding to your collection. There are a few extras. Let me take a look at mine here. Special features. There's a commentary with producer Fumio Tanaka. I've never um, done that one. There's a documentary, Meet the Marine Animals Behind the Monsters. Um, that I had watched that a number of years ago. It was okay. Um, you're basically learning about the actual creatures that are shown here in the film. A special announcement. I don't remember what that was, but it's probably not interesting or pertinent anymore. Uh, yeah. You have an original trailer, and then you have 5.1 surround sound. Oh, boy. It's just the cover of a book. You know, there's there's like the this little uh, flipper thing that's on the camera. I would like to know what I've been trying to figure that out. Is it's it looks to be like holding some like the extra lights for the camera there. 
You know, like the flash. That could be, that could be it. Because I know with cameras in those days, I think they have like a certain amount of flashes for those bulbs, and then you have to replace it after a certain amount of time. Why were, why were the cuttlefish eyes open when it was asleep? Well, part of it is the suit and limitations of the suit. Plus, cuttlefish, I think, in, in real life, they're like, uh, re- they're like actual fish. They don't have eyelids. <laughs> well, we, teacher. Like we do. Oh, teacher, eyelids. Yes, that's right. <laughs> What are they doing with the cuddle? They're trying to escape right now. Some animation there. Is it your the cuddly fish? Probably a little bit. But why is it not hurting the cuddly fish too much? Because he's still attacking them. You can see the top of the tank there, sadly. (laughs) Why? Because it was filmed in a tank. (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) Anybody who has children can understand. What's going what's that? It's ink. Why is the ink coming out? To help make its getaway. Stretching that uh, uh, bathing suit sort of reminds me of Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay, actually, the the part where the suit nearly comes completely apart comes in like five or so minutes. You shall not pass. What he said. Kind of like Gandalf, yeah. It's like that one villager there that got 
attacked earlier. Just he just seemed to be a, a little stoned right now. <laughs> I have to admit, like the first handful of times I watched this movie, you know, back in the day, I was always really annoyed that his character was basically out of it for a decent chunk of the movie i'm like seriously like we get it he's not doing well <laughs> mm-hmm. and then as time has gone on I'm just like yeah sure whatever <laughs> but uh yeah the one thing i would like to mention as far as the quality of the film you would think it may not be as good uh, with it being a low budget, not being like one of those uh, fancy schmancy movies <laughs> type of films, yeah. But as I'm watching this on Prime Video, you can just really—it's just really high quality, and it's really cleaned up. I really like how well this movie has been kept it is great I I mean it really is a good movie it may not be your Godzilla Gamera Ultraman type of film but in many ways it is so similar to those and but it's like with the quality of those with, with the quality of those certain films they don't have the the cleanliness or the clarity compared to this film well and that could be but maybe it's received a special treatment mm-hmm. for prime but um the thing though too is i i think some fans have to realize and understand yeah this isn't gonna be like your typical godzilla movie where the monsters have anthropomorphic idiosyncrasies like a lot of those films did by this point but you know what that's okay because you need variety if you want the kaiju movies with anthropomorphic idiosyncrasies those movies exist go watch those you don't want to have the same thing over and over because you're gonna get tired of it by watching the same type of movies and having something that is even a smidge different is good because that's one of the things i think is so great about the kaiju universe it's not just because we have all these fun giant monster films where we can see monsters destroying buildings and fighting each other that's definitely part of it but one of the Mm -hmm. things i love is that a lot of these films are a little bit different from each other occasionally and um that's one of the things I, I enjoy about it, too, because each movie and again, there are some exceptions. Some movies are very similar to one another, but many of these movies are different enough. Your movies, your Godzilla movies from the 70s are going to be different from your Godzilla movies of the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these monsters, I think, with modern effects, even if this were remade by Toho, I think would look fantastic. I mean, there's so many different possibilities now with CGI um, and all that. I, I would I would not mind seeing a, a, a remake of this. Although I would say uh, Gizora probably have, probably one of the monsters I'll get a major makeover. 
I could see them if they were to redo it, trying to make it quote unquote realistic and relegate him more to the water because my understanding is cuttlefish actually can't come out of the water like he does here. <laughs> yeah. They just are not built that way. But it's an amazing shot. Sure, it's not like going through a metropolitan area, but still, it's destruction. <laughs> or at least just uh, have the setting at like some sort of uh, resort town that's on an island with possibility of a military base on it. Maybe like Okinawa. It's the Rocky statue. And I love this. This is one of my favorite running gags of this whole movie. These villagers that simply come out of nowhere, always giving the people the tools that they want when they just happen to need it. Sila or Silla concept. I, I, I have never been able to properly pronounce that word, but yeah, it probably would. You would think that having a rifle and stuff and trying to <clears throat> kill kill a monster that big isn't really going to do much. The interesting thing is they don't do here what they do later with Ganymedes, and they don't try shooting Gazora in the eye. Well, although they just, like, it's earlier in the part, so they probably didn't really think about it. <laughs> Well, that's what I would do. It's like, look, you got yeah. a rifle. You would know, look, a creature that size, it's going to take God knows how many bullets just to bring that thing down. You would try to hit it in the most vulnerable parts. Mm-hmm. That would be, and those eyes take up enough space. You would think that, you know. Or you, you would always hey, go for the eye. Or, yeah, like when it comes to kaiju that you would at least expect maybe one of the ver- first vulnerabilities would be the eyes. I'm hearing some squeaky noises and... <laughs> He's pretending to be the monster. (laughs) He does that a lot with these movies. And unfortunately, this is going to be the last we see of Kazora. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Here, like in the next few seconds, we're about to see the top half of the suit just about completely come off. 
Well, it looked like there I sort of saw close. Here we go. Yeah, Look at that. <laughs> oh, man. Why is it coming off? It just wasn't put put together well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what do that? Is Cuddlefish still gonna be alive? Nope. Why? Because he's burnt. You want some sushi or uh, calamari? I go with sushi. You used to do that when you were little too. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of sort of did. I always, a lot of times when I watch the Return of Godzilla, Jason's gonna kill me for bringing this up on a podcast, but. He loved that movie so much that when we would go swimming at our grandma's place, uh, he would always pretend he was Godzilla coming out of Tokyo Bay. Yeah. All that water. <laughs> Godzilla. He did that an awful lot. Yeah. I just, I just liked how he just came out of the water and then just goes back in. Her English dialogue is pretty goofy in that move in that moment, but the subtitles actually do a better job of making her not sound so ridiculous. <laughs> I think Yoshio Suchi is hangry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I if I don't remember if like this was the only movie that I remember him being the good guy throughout. Because most of the movies I watch, Yoshio, and it's like, he'll be a good guy at first, but then he'll slowly transition to, like, some psychotic person or just an evil, like, one of those evil people in the movie. Yeah. Well, that too, yeah. Yeah, now I forget. I always sort of forget that he's in that movie, too. There's only one more left. There are two left, bud. Well, look at the cover. You stink, is that what you said? I said stink. <laughs> See, here they come again with them with the magic uh, tools that they need just at the right moment. It's like, okay, they found this cache. <laughs> And then it's like, okay, how come this gun was not in there? Like, what have you guys been doing with this the whole time? It's like, have they been reading their minds? Oh, you got Yogg, the space amoeba, so they probably has some sort. They have some sort of abilities. <laughs> also, like how the gun just goes by itself. No, it's so funny. <laughs> 
In the movie, this was supposed to happen to the snapping turtle. I wonder if this movie, I haven't looked at any of the trailers in a long time, if this was almost considered to be a comedy of sorts, too. Here we go. Let me get our next one. You can't say there's no space here. There was, and then you moved it. Arguably the best suit in the entire film. I heard uh, a gunshot sound that actually was the sound that he makes. <laughs> oh, I like that one guy's uh, facial expression uh, when they were shooting again one of the villagers. It looked like Shemp from the Three Stooges. That guy, he has been in really small bit parts in other Honda films. Like he'll play like a ship's captain or something like that. He's been, I've seen him numerous times in other films. The unfortunate thing is I have no idea what his name is. Comedy, yeah. I almost wonder if it is adver- if it was advertised as that back in the because there are just certain moments in this movie you wonder if it was uh, almost advertised to be comedic as well. Uh, I'm just not seeing it listed that way on here. It almost sort of, when I hear the machine gun sounds, I almost think of like a Rambo movie. It's just like you expect Rambo to show up with a machine gun and mow down the monster. Ubo, how dare you? It almost looked like he smacked her on the butt. <laughs> and see, now he shoots one of the eyes there. That'd be funny if he's like your bait and he pushes her down the ravines. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the fast away. <laughs> I need to survive. <laughs> you are not me, so therefore, in my eyes, that makes you worthless. Let's <laughs> see, like Nakajima, he played both Gazora and Ganymede in this film it's like you can really tell the difference as far as uh the way he portrays uh those two uh kaiju where we're like in gizori it's it was just slow pace here and there the way you can tell but then 
when it comes to Ganymedes, he makes it more of a fast-paced kaiju. So explain to me, he shoots out both eyes and then he uses the flash a couple times. How does that affect a kaiju that is totally blind now? Who knows? Kind of. Kind of a comedy. I mean, I didn't really see it listed on there, but it's it's probably like unintended. Right. No, what I mean is that when this movie was originally uh, marketed, like via trailers, uh, at least um, through those. Because like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen the trailers, Uh, you know was there enough nuance or whatever to sort of like a tongue in cheek, like the 66 Batman series, was it sort of a wink at the audience? Kind of like, we're not taking this that seriously. They did basically spoil everything in the trailer. Oh, those are the worst kinds. (laughs) It seems like people nowadays don't know how to make good trailers. Like I've been, I've seen a lot of bad trailers and I've been hearing a lot of people complain about trailers to other movies and how either they misrepresent a movie by making it look bad when the movie's actually good or that a movie gives out more than it should. Well, it's like like one of the good examples from I've heard over the years from coworkers was Super Troopers 2. It's like most of the funny stuff were in the trailer and then other than that, like the movie was garbage the unfortunate thing about comedies is that yeah a lot of times of your best jokes are in the trailers i've been hearing lately i've not seen the movie myself but i've been hearing from people that the trailer to birds of prey was really bad but the movie's actually really good well and uh was it when it comes to sonic when they it's coming out like this like the second trailer with the newly designed sonic like it looked pretty darn good but then when i went to see the movie with a few of my friends this past saturday i thought it was more enjoyable than i thought especially when it came to the first trailer with that really ugly design of sonic Uh, and they had to delay it but then with the new design when that came out in the other trailer uh some people were still a bit larry about it but yeah i thought it was much better than i thought when i went to see the movie i've been hearing that too yeah the trailer for this movie's goofy i don't doubt that because i mean let's face it this movie in some way is is a little goofy This is where I think Kenji Sahara really shines in this movie. Part of it is because he's been absent for a decent chunk of it. Um, all right, welcome back, Brian. Um, part of it is because he's been absent throughout a decent chunk of this movie, but now that he's been possessed by Yogg, uh, like some of his best acting is here, and it's all physical. I also like the makeup where they add like yeah. some the uh, black around his eyes, and it seems like they do a little bit more touch-ups to his face to make it look a bit freaky. Well, and the lighting too. Yeah. Oh. 
That's no worries, Hayden. I like right here, like his eyebrow twitches. It's one of those, you know, muscle twitches you get every once in a while. That stinks, Hayden, but life happens. Why did that? We're happy that you were at least be able, uh, were able to join us for a while. Why did that? Yeah, at least you'll probably, you can watch the last uh, 20 or so minutes whenever you get, uh, have the free time. Although we won't be live. <laughs> I'll just be the recording. <laughs> You mean to tell me you just saw that gigantic crab blow up a little while earlier and that didn't wasn't enough to tell you whether or not the thing died? <laughs> Yeah, it's like after the explosions, you can actually see Ganymedes explode. Yeah, so like the head blew off and the brains even fell on me, but is it dead? That'd be funny if Kubo was like, you know, I've been watching some of these Godzilla movies in theaters over the last few years. Funny, you seem familiar. But nevertheless, I have noticed that one of the things that makes creatures grow big, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it becomes meta. Not a movie, it's a show. Watch this statue tomorrow. I don't think it's made for little kids. So, uh, not movie related. I just saw a tweet <laughs> here uh, from Godzilla Movies that NECA Toys revealed two uh, Godzilla figures over at the Toy Fair 2020. And it, they're the Godzilla figures for Bailani and uh, Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla, and Mothra, Tokyo SOS. And they look pretty darn cool. Oh, you had me going there for a second. I thought you were like for Godzilla versus Kong. I'm like, oh shit, they're actually doing Bailani in that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> put the link in our uh, in our chat here. Let me. Yeah. Let me do that here. <laughs> I have to say, uh, doing this deal with the chat uh, has definitely helped the video feed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a link. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How much lighter is my wallet going to get now? (laughs) Well, when it comes to Nick, I I did pre-order that Gamera set. What's a Gamera set? I mean, when it comes to these NECA toys, they're pretty usually priced. Okay. 
Oh, you're talking about, oh, I thought you meant like they revealed Biolani as an actual monster toy. No, I was talking about the two Godzilla figures. I wonder why they do mostly the, the Godzilla versions, because rarely have they done any of the other monsters. They still look cool, don't get me wrong, but I, you know, I would like to see some other other kaiju. Well, I think a lot of it could be due to like some of the complexities, especially Bailane. Although Treadmasters, I'd say, did a pretty good job many years ago. Although they had to redesign him a little bit. That's not a big deal, though. Why are there two guys going to fight each other? They're not fighting each other. They're toys on display. I have to say, I think NECA, just even in the last two, three years, has done a better job of... um, of um, um, not just designing but articulating the figures better. I thought their GMK Godzilla uh, was incredibly disappointing because you couldn't the legs you couldn't really get to stand right in the back. You couldn't get the, the that version of Godzilla to stand up straighter. It was kind of a mess of a figure. Uh, and I think it, I don't know if it was either them or uh, Kabashi Nations that does the SH Monster Arts. I think it has to be NECA that uh, there was some pushback when it came to the design of the the 1984 Godzilla I think that one the head the head and then I think it was maybe one of the legs too well I had one of those and I remember showing you on one of our podcasts shortly after I got that where like a couple of the claws on the feet look incredibly long it just, yeah yeah weird. one of the toes not designed well and i was really in the dorsal fins or the dorsal plates were incredibly small um i remember telling you how juiced up i was about that being released and then i got it and i'm going this is actually pretty disappointing <laughs> yeah and then i think that there's Quite a bit of backlash where they had to go back to the drawing board and actually did some tweaking. I think that they came out with the second uh, version of it. And I, if I can remember that, it was a bit better. Well, a bit better isn't going to be enough to hand over my 25 bucks. <laughs> I need to see a picture of it before... Because I, I gave both of those to to, to my son. <laughs> I was just like, here you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, what you eat here? What you say? Tweet, tweet. <laughs> so here the bats are dead, and they don't know why, but they do know that part of the reason why... Um, Gezera and uh, I think even Ganymede sort of fled some of the scenes because dolphins and bats emit high frequencies that mess with the alien. 
Mm. They're coming out with a third 84 Godzilla. Holy mackerel. So they did screw up the second one. <laughs> yeah, because I'm looking at uh, one of the images. I'm guessing it could be the first iteration of it. Yeah, the dorsal fins were really damn small. Like the largest one was on its lower back. Oh, I know. Trust me. I owned it. <laughs> I, in fact, my son has it. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't believe that. The 84 Godzilla, the first one. Well, that tells you, how can you screw up a figure that many times? Okay, here's Kamibus. I'm trying to remember which mold they use. I want to say it's the first one, but they made, um, they took the 84 Godzilla mold and um, made the Nintendo Deluxe. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some, uh, I've seen a couple pictures here while I'm looking. Yeah, it's like it has like the pixel. Yeah. Type. Pixelated. Really, all it was was a different paint job. The funny thing is, though, is that when you play that game, it looks more <laughs> like the 64 Godzilla. I just noticed that uh, they made the go Golden Girl figures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I wonder oh, if they have a button where they not only have some of their most famous scenes, but also if it plays the theme song. It looks like that they're an entire set from the looks of it. So you're interested in dropping a, a couple hundred on the Golden Girls? <laughs> I didn't say the price of it, but there's a, there's a link for you in the <laughs> this chat. Yeah. <laughs> What made them think there was enough of an audience out there? Oh, I see up here it says Golden Girls, eight inch clothed. It's like, yeah, like I thought I was going to get Dorothy in the nude. <laughs> well, as far as like uh, Betty's design there, they make they make her look much younger. Well, when you look, when you watch uh, some of the earlier. Um, Episodes, I mean, you know, she looked really young. Hey, what happened? The sights. Oh, there it is. Fine. Holy. But yeah, as, as far as Arthur's when like you talked about the uh, really when, you, when you talked about the uh, classic video game Godzilla where they did use the 1984 mold. And then it seems like that they used the dorsal fins from the 1964 Godzilla, which looks humongous. Well, in the game it is. It's, it's again, like I said a few minutes ago, when you actually play the game, it, the Godzilla you're using, it looks basically like the 64 Godzilla except that the dorsal spines in a few areas look pretty darn big but why did they think that the 84 mold was the way to go 
because that's not the Godzilla that you play as. It's basically the 64 one. I don't know. But yeah, it's like I, I noticed I don't even see the 84 figure anywhere on their site, especially in the section for Godzilla. What's the microphone for? Hey, Jason, tell Lincoln what the microphone is for. Microphone. He's pointed to my microphone and says, what this for? <laughs> I can't even see because your screen there is all green and obscure now. <laughs> oh, really? It's it's looking good on my end. Yeah, it just looks. I just can't see anything on your end. <laughs> oh, there, there it is. Now it's all clear. Well, yeah, I like the shot of uh, Kenji Sahara here. It just looks really freaky. I I think this is definitely with without a doubt like the the highlight of his character's um, moment in this movie. I really like the. Uh, the lens effects where it's just sort of clear right in the middle but then just gets blurry but then the background is just really blurred just focuses on him the guy who plays Rico I have to laugh at him he has a couple of funny moments and one of them was that moment where he tried choking Kenji Sahara he's just overly dramatic and you can tell he's not really trying all that hard We should be seeing that uh, figure. You might want to check their site again, Jason, because uh, well, it's like I'm I'm same. just seeing a list, seeing a list of it here uh, of all the licensed stuff. And I'm just not really seeing that. They don't even have it displayed. Uh, Tension. Will he be able to kill all those other bats? I need to kill the bats. Because they mess with Yogg. They emit a high frequency. They talk about Godzilla 12 inch head to tail figure that's all three two but that's 2019 why is it doing that it's being controlled by the alien that one's too mm-hmm. here we go with some other great acting Why he do that? Leave it up to the uh, the English speakers to add curse words where there were none. I like the music here. What's going on with him? He's trying to fight the alien that's possessing him. 
right? I'm still having a hard time finding <laughs> the four gods along their site. We are. With a lot of them coming. <laughs> Are you sure you're at NECAonline.com? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. I know. I'm messing with you. Yeah, I'm just not seeing anything of the 84 Godzilla. Yeah. I'm done searching for now. <laughs> I want to finish up watching the movie. You want everything. Are they going to be nice to each other? <laughs> Do you honestly think they're going to be nice to each other? <laughs> We don't watch movies to see monsters be nice to each other. So, Jason, do you think this fight is any good? Um, well, I'm just getting in the beginning parts of it here. Because um, you're probably, I think you're a little bit ahead of me. But uh, seems like so far there hasn't really been much of a fight. I don't think it's all that bad. Again, like I was saying earlier in the movie, the at least now, now they're finally getting into the fights. And it's like now they're finally getting into the fight where Kamibus went underneath Ganymedes and like jumped it. up and then sort of body slammed him a, a little bit. But then it's like you have the bats coming in again and interfering. But see, they brought Ganymedes back. I don't know why they didn't decide to bring Gezera back because having a you know a triangle match would be well, like I said, like I said that uh, Nakajima plays both Kazor and Ganymedes, so I don't know if they would have enough budget for an extra person. I'm sure you can find someone on set who could fill one of the roles. Maybe, maybe they actually did singe that Gezera suit because they realized how cheap and bad it was. So they're like, well, it's kind of destroyed. We're not going to bring that back. I do like when they're next to the volcano. It just, it adds really nice atmosphere and it's a really cool looking set. Sort of reminds me a little bit of, uh, 
uh, or the Gargantras and yeah. Frankenstein Conquers the World. And Gamma versus Gauss. Oh, yeah. What are they trying to say? What do you think they're trying to say? I'm sure trying to move around that Ganymede suit probably was not the easiest thing in the world. You or probably were Camibas. so limited in your movements. Or that Camibas. The Camibas, I would think, provided more flexibility. I'm looking at how this guy in the Camiba suit is moving around and you have this big shell that's covering the majority of your body and it just seems like your arm and leg movements are so limited. Did they ever make any Ganymedes or Camibus figures? I know, what was it, like either Marmot or someone? Uh, they I had, know, I've seen uh, Camibas. Oh, you have? I know, I've seen Camibas and Gazora figures. I'm sure that they probably made some sort of Ganymedes, probably from, like, Bullmark or Marmot or M1, with some of those obscure type of uh, figurines. I fell in. I fell into the volcano. So they died. Yep. But how they fall into the volcano? Bullmark made them. Bullmark made a Ganymede figure. Or is that for both Gizora and Ganymede? I mean, Camibas. Boy, look at that lava flow. <laughs> that makes two consecutive days in a row. My son and I have watched movies where there are exploding volcanoes. Well, it's the only solution of getting rid of Kaiju. Oh, you have a Ganymede? Oh, cool. I'm going to have to look that up. But how did they fall in a volcano? Was it expensive? Oh, they did. Bullmark made figures for all three. They probably no longer make them, I guess, and so they're probably going to be expensive now. Yeah, probably. Just my luck I get in after. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah it's, yeah, it's one of those sort of obscure, colorful unique figurines that I like. Uh, I figured that's probably what they, because I had seen Gezra figures that were like that. Uh, send me a link. Well, I, I'm just searching online uh, to a search and looking at images like uh, Bullmark Ganymedes. It's like there's some pictures from Club Tokyo. It seems to be like this and one that I'm looking at is a Bullmark mini vinyl set. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing them. Oh, I'm seeing Oh, and even the, was it Maru-san made the Ganymede figure? 
I wonder if anybody at GFS will sell these. I pr- oh yours was five bucks. Oh you lucky dog. <laughs> well, how does? Yeah, Marusan also made the the Ganymede figure. The volcano. And oh, I see Kamiba. Uh, movie is practically over, but thank you so yep. much for joining us, Hayden. It's been great. I'm glad you could join us. At least you were able to get in for a majority of it. Yeah. But yeah, I see uh, a Kamiba's figure. Is it looks to be a Marsan too? Just the way how Marsan makes those figures. And the movie is done. So, oh, you got it at G Fest. Wow. And you got it for five bucks. Holy crap. <laughs> but yeah, it Man. seems like seems like Bullmark isn't the only one that made that has made those figures for the specific kaiju. You know, I was going into this G Fest with nothing in mind un- unless I found some like obscure kaiju film or something like that. I think now I'm going into this G Fest looking for all three of these kaiju. <laughs> well, and that's what I've been doing for the last few years as far as uh, what I've been wanting to get. I got thrown Is in. that uh, I've been looking more at getting the obscure t- or unique type of figures. And that's certainly the kinds of figures I would like to get. Oh, yours is tiny. Hayden's saying his is tiny. Yeah. Cause from what I've seen in the, uh, the images I saw that they did make a mini vinyl set. So that's I probably be, one of them. I don't want to be spending, you know, a ton of money on. <laughs> I've gotten kind of cheapo when it comes to certain figures. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah. With so, what do you think of the the film? Uh, because this is the first time in a long while you've you've seen it. Yeah, it's much more uh, entertaining. Although I wasn't able to get. The- the stupid uh, subtitle to work but uh, just from what I've been seeing as far as the picture and what's been going on in the movie is that it it was pretty entertaining it it seemed to be balanced out although there wasn't really much of uh, kaiju battles there mainly right. towards the very end of the film um but I would say with the kind of movie it was, it's sort of really fit with uh, what it was trying to accomplish. You know, have it on an island. You got all these, uh, I would say, isolated villagers, um, you know, worshiping. And then you got uh, a space entity coming down to Earth and like thinking that it's a god sort of. And uh, yeah, I just really liked the performances of the cast members. And of course, uh, there were some maybe a little bit of mishaps when it comes to the suit designs here and there, mainly Gizora in that one shot there where you can 
almost literally see <laughs> the suit coming uh, like coming apart in two. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lincoln. Uh, now that you've seen the entire movie, what do you think of it? Family good first. Okay, so that means he likes it an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> which is good yeah. every i've been trying to show him other kaiju films that are not the same five films he's been watching for the last year and a half so far so good <laughs> so yeah and it, yeah again i i this is the first time in maybe a year and a half or something that i've seen the film and again, I really enjoy it. I, I kind of like you said, there's not a, a ton of kaiju fights. And my biggest gripe or nitpick with the film is that we never um, get the the triangle match that is promised to us on the posters. Yeah. Um, but uh, nevertheless, for what we do get, judging the movie on its own merits and just kind of pretending like the posters don't exist, um, I do enjoy it. And I think it's a film that uh, sh- should really be appreciated more by the fans, considering the fact that even though this was made in the 70s, you know, the, it, it, we weren't at a point in which budgets were like slashed almost down to nothing yet for kaiju films. Mm-hmm. But we're awfully close. And even for that, considering some of the sets they were able to build for both the, the human characters and, and the kaiju uh, moments, it still was fairly impressive for the most part. Yeah. And one thing that you brought up, which I never even realized was whenever the main cast uh, were talking about, Oh, what are we going to do or how we're going to solve this problem that villagers just come in at the right time with the right amount of gear to accomplish with what the main cast wanted. I never yeah, even realized that up twice. until now. It happens twice, but <laughs> I consider those comedic moments because I look at those, you can't help but to think of them as comedic moments considering how they're set up. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's funny. And that's why I've always kind of wondered um, you know, when, when the trailers were showing for this, um, you know, was it sort of a tongue in cheek in, in some ways as well, when people watch the trailers kind of like, yeah, we know what we're dealing with here is a little messed up, but yeah. don't worry, you know it too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, other, otherwise I really can't think of anything else than just, uh, Space Amoeba, I think it's uh, it's a pretty good film to watch. I wish I would have uh, would have watched more of it over the uh, years since my last viewing of it. I would say close to ten years ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I if one of the vendors over at G Fest has it on hand, or if I don't get it until then, then I probably would at least try to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a film worth owning. I mean, I, I mean, I think all the Toho science fiction films um, are worth owning for the most part. I mean, even if yeah. they are not necessarily your favorite for whatever reasons, I think they um, are definitely worth it. Um, but yeah, it's a relatively solid film. And I just, uh, you know, I really, and I don't know how, unless you and I did a panel at this year's <laughs> That's celebrating the 50th anniversary of this film and 
force some people at gunpoint. No. Um, <laughs> well, we got we got like, at least uh, I'd probably say five five months left. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, uh, finally got the registration stuff taken care of, and then I got the feedback from uh, JD Lee's that we're pretty much all all in. Awesome. Thank you for that. And yep. um, we, Jason and I have not talked about uh, what we're going to do for next month. Um, we're probably going to go back to sort of the quote unquote regular podcasting format. Um, he and I we will talk that over and we will let everyone know via social media uh, probably within the next week or so as far as what our plans are for um next month but i've got a couple of ideas that um i'd like to throw around and, and just kind of see if if that's kind of the direction we want to go so as of right now we have nothing for you unfortunately <laughs> you get nothing yep. zero, zero you lose um, <laughs> um yeah we, i'm really hoping uh we can get something figured out here maybe within the next week and then from there uh we can let everyone know yeah and so I really want to give a special shout out to um, uh, give a special shout out to to Hayden and Brian. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. It's great to have uh, both of you guys uh, on board. You guys really do add an awful lot to our uh, conversations, uh, both during the podcast and during these commentaries. And so, uh, again, anybody who listens to this in the future, either on YouTube or on uh, iTunes or any other uh, format that you get your podcast from, uh, feel free to join us, uh, you know, Twitch, YouTube. I mean, we have all sorts of different platforms that we're on. Come join us. Uh, you know, we, we, we try to be inclusive here and, and have a lot of fun. So yeah. Yep. And, yep. And then I, like I've mentioned earlier and Ken as well. So just make sure to like, and subscribe to, uh, the social media that we're currently available on. As you can see on your screen there, just type in Daikaiju Network. And you can also follow us at our website at uh, daikaijunetwork.com. And then here's it. here is the list of the podcasts and streaming networks uh, like YouTube, Twitch, DLI, Periscope, and uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeart, Radio, Spotify, and TuneIn. So, yeah. I think otherwise that is uh, pretty much it. We'll uh, get back to you guys uh, sometime down the road as we try to figure out what we're going to be doing next here and as well as try to set a date for next month. So otherwise, take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye.